welcome to this special episode of the Myrella podcast that unveils the profound story behind the new 9-11 memorial sculpture being installed at Fire Station 2. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome. My name is Hannah Rabelais and I'm your host. Our mission on this podcast is to provide you with an insider's look into city initiatives and the people who help shape our community. I hope you listen to this full episode because we delve deep into the heartwarming story behind this powerful piece of art and explore the profound connections that bind a community together in remembrance and gratitude. I've had the honor to sit down with key stakeholders who brought this vision to life, and I couldn't think of a better person to start telling the story than Rowlett's Fire Chief, Neil Howard. Why is having a sculpture memorializing 9-11 at Fire Station 2 important for our community? Well, it, 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 it helps us tie community to what happened that day because it really affected everybody in our nation that day. Right. Our whole nation shut down that day, which we've never, uh, probably haven't seen anything like that since Pearl Harbor, right? Mm. You know, that's the only other time that we've had any attack on American soil, really. Right. And this was basically another attack on American soil, which really affected people all the way across the country. So there's people living in our community that were actually at 9-11 in, mm. in New York the day that happened. And, and so we're just trying to commemorate part of what what is important to the fire service. We've never lost that many firefighters in a year. Right. Needless to say, a single event. Mm. So that's, that's kind of part of that. And we'll be able to memorialize each one of those individuals when this monument is in place. We have been partnering with Arts and Humanities for several years. As you know, that we have a sculpture at each one of our fire stations. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it came time to do the one at Fire Station 2, we took advantage. A lot of them are more of uh, abstract art. We took advantage to have something uh, there that would commemorate the tragedy of 9-11. Right. And that was kind of built upon... What history, I mean, Rowlett's kind of a young fire department, if you will, established in 1955. So there's not a whole bunch of history, but the fire service is built on history and tradition, right? Mm -hmm. So in trying to keep that tradition alive, the year after 9-11, the guys at station, the old station two, did 343 crosses to commemorate those that lost their lives the year before. And those were all... Out in the yard at Fire Station 2, we still use those crosses today those up till even last you. year. Yes. Wow. So this was an opportunity for us to do something to carry on that tradition because the crosses are getting a little tattered and torn, and we've babied them and taken really good care of them over the years. But we wanted to do something special that would mm. not just be for that day, but we could people that's affected by the event would have a place to come and just visit in our community. We have a lot of... We use our training facility for a lot of things. We have a lot of people coming through our community and feel like it's our opportunity to share something that, that would commemorate that, that tragic day for us. As Deborah Crosby, Arts and Humanities Commission Chair, eloquently puts it, despite being a small city thousands of miles away from Ground Zero, Rowlett deeply supports and loves our own first responders. This sculpture stands as a poignant reminder of the bravery displayed on that fateful day and the daily sacrifices made by first responders. Let's hear more from Deborah Crosby and Deputy Mayor Pro Tem Jeff Winget, two representatives from the Arts and Humanities Commission. What is the Arts and Humanities Commission? 
So the Arts and Humanities Commission is an appointed commission by the City Council who is, our job is to encourage and enhance the community through the arts. And the arts can be music, it can be literature, it can be visual arts, sculpture. It, it is a city appointed board and uh, been in operation for probably almost 20 years yeah. now, I believe. It was formed you know, a long time ago. A mm-hmm. uh, big part of what we do is uh, contests and um, grants that we issue to the community um, that people can apply for. Um, various contests ranging from photography contests to writing contests, Rowlett Sings, um, and then also the huge public art uh, program that is pretty much what we're here to talk about today. Exactly. exactly. So tell us how this journey began to create this new public sculpture that will be going into Fire Station 2. So back in 2021, when we were still under the COVID restrictions, we were meeting by Zoom and pretty much looking for anything to fill our meetings with (laughs) because we weren't able to meet in person. Um, Chief Howard had come to us, I believe it was on August 10th um, in 2021, and he presented an idea that he had long mulled over about wanting to have a memorial sculpture for 9-11. So we have a public art committee that met with Chief Howard to sort of flesh out what his ideas were about the Mm -hmm. piece. Um, We have a lot of abstract art already placed around the city, and I think Chief Howard was looking for something much more representational. And so in the process of meeting with the public art committee, um, they sort of got a very detailed idea about what it was he wanted. Um, We had wanted to place a piece at Station 2, but that that station was under construction with a new facility. So we kind of held off on the whole process until we knew um, what was going to happen there and that building was complete. You don't want to be trying to place art under construction sites. That's not too good. Um, (laughs) So that was a little bit of a delay in that process, but it all worked out well because in the course of time, you know, he came to us with this idea. And so we were able to sort of, again, flush those ideas out, get a clear understanding of what it was he was looking for. And at that point, we decided we would put together a request for proposal and put that out publicly. So that went out to a multitude of different sites um, in a public uh, request for artists to give us proposals of what they thought this would look like. Mm -hmm. And in the course of that, I believe we had 41 artists submit pieces from around the country. Um, So it was pretty intense. We had a lot of stuff coming in, and um, some of it was very um, representational of stuff that you would think of when you think about 9-11. Right. Some of it were pieces from artists that um, sent us things that they had done in the past, but they didn't necessarily show us anything that was specific to 9-11. Gotcha. So it kind of helped us narrow the field rather quickly. There were about, I think, 10 to 12 pieces that really spoke to what it was we had asked for. So those kind of rose to the top. And um, we had a public art committee uh, made up of members of the community, Chief Howard, um, our city liaison, Laura Turner, um, members of the public works department and the parks and recreation department, um, other people who had been on the arts and humanities commission. It's just a nice group of, you know, representational of, of different people in the city. And so they came in and we just basically took dots and went around and put, you know, dots on pictures that we liked. And um, again, uh, the top three came to the top. From that last three finalist group, we had each of the artists create a mock-up of what it would Mm. look like. Um, And so it was really great because they shipped them to us. And so we had all three pieces physically in front of us. Oh, wow. And obviously with pandemic restrictions, we had to meet with each of them uh, digitally. So we met with each of them remotely. Um, And then 
uh, they also visit us in person as well. So they made their presentation remotely, but they were able to visit with us in person. And we actually held a listening session where we had members of the community come out, look at each of the pieces, um, hear a presentation from each of the artists, and uh, just get an idea of what um, what the community had in mind. But all that said, there wasn't a bad piece among the final group. Mm. Um, they were all tremendous, and they were all tremendous in their own way, um, which, which is the characteristic of art. You know? yes. So it was, it was great to see that we had three different, very um, interesting pieces that had their own take on what 9-11 meant, not only to them, but what they thought 9-11 meant to our city, which was, mm. which was really cool to see. We were really happy with those three final um, selections. I believe the artists named were Linda Sorrero, Har- Harold Link, and John Millett. What makes this sculpture even more special is that it was designed by a Rowlett artist and local tenured art teacher, Jonathan Millett, who shares a special connection with this tribute. Let's hear more about his vision, process, and source of inspiration. Creating a memorial sculpture for such a significant and tragic event must have been a deeply emotional journey. Can you share what motivated you to take on this project and how you approached the creative process? Yeah, um, I mean, it's emotionally twofold for me. Um, one of just the, the, obviously, the events around 9-11, I went to graduate school in New York. Oh, wow. So I was at um, Pratt Institute up in Brooklyn. And so I used to go into New York quite often. Um, I made it part of my job to go into the town weekly and visit some of the great museums that are in there. So that was part of, I felt like that was part of my educational experience when I was up there. And the World Trade Center was actually one of the main areas I'd have to go through underground there's a whole metro system under there right and so i often was at the world trade center going through the trains there going uptown to the museums and stuff like that in the galleries in order to go from brooklyn uh, over that way and so had that significance of just that i'd been there quite often you know been in that city for a couple years as uh, an art student and then we've taken trips up there with our students where i teach uh, we'd gone up there and and visited the World Trade Center many times. Mm. In fact, we were there that summer before oh, with wow. my my son Max, who's actually the model <laughs> for oh, cool. for the sculpture. Yes. Uh, but then also uh, the context that my I have another son who is uh, has special needs. So I have four children. Three of them, the younger three, have a, a kind of a di- genetic disorder. And so my son Marshall loves everything fire related, and so. He knows the fire stations here in Rowlett very well. He goes and he visits those. And he, um, you know, that's what we quite frequently go. And he, he, you know, the firemen are so kind and so so beautiful and gracious with him. And they, they allow him to come in and tour the facilities and see the trucks and ask questions and see things. And I know if he didn't have special needs, he'd be a fireman for sure. He just loves mm. everything about it. And so it's our hobby to go as we go throughout uh, even the country sometimes, like, uh, you know, just visiting places. Oh, we always, wow. always have to stop at a local fire station, visit the firemen and see the fire house and try and grab a T-shirt if we can. And so he's got about 50 T-shirts from around the country. That's all so fire special. Related. Wow. Yeah. So when Debbie came to me and asked me to be a judge initially for this contest or for the um, sculpture, and so I agreed. I'd done some other work for her as, uh, as a judge. And so I told her, I said, well, yeah, I'll do it. And, and But then I was looking at the prospectus, and I saw it was for the firehouse. You know, I was like, you know, I owe it to my son to try and throw my name in the hat and mm. just just to kind of go for it. And, and as I was reading it, I was like, hey, I, I get this. I understand it. I want to 
I'm just going to put my name in. And so I, I called Debbie up and I withdrew, uh, you know, from being the judge of the contest and said, yeah, I'm going to withdraw, but I'm, I want to throw my name in the hat and just see what I can do with it. And so that's kind of the, the precedence of how that kind of started and how that, and, and really the influence of my son, Marshall, mm-hmm. of just like knowing that if I did get it, it would be something up that when we go visit Fire Station 2 on our regular visits, uh, then the sculpture would be there and it'd have this kind of a personal connection for him that way as well. So. Beautiful. Well, we heard um, that you actually were one of the last minute entries to Deborah oh. <laughs> <never> shared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're so glad you entered, oh, well, really you. making yeah. the leap from the judge to actually in- entering and just love the the personal touch with your son, Marshall. I think that is that is truly so special and lo- love that your legacy and his love for the fire department will be infused into that sculpture. So that is yeah, so touching. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So did you take input from the fire department? So how was, yeah, I guess describe that process with working with Chief Howard, maybe even working with the commission to create the sculpture. What was that process like? Yeah, they were um, pretty specific in their, um, in the prospectus about what was happening on there. Like I said, as I was reading through that, um, I really got a kind of a, a pretty clear vision. I think even just reading through it and, and thinking of it more from the mindset of judging and then going, hey, I, I see a vision of what I could create here. And so um, I kind of did a really quick just sketch of what I was thinking that night, which really is kind of the fruition of this. It wasn't far off from this. Of just, hey, this would work, and this could be maybe a neat idea for it. Um, You know, obviously it's got a Pentagon base for the Pentagon that was also attacked that day. Um, Then it has Twin Towers coming up off of it. Then it's got – but then part of it, they wanted to recognize the firefighters that lost their lives at 9-11. And so – I was thinking it would be kind of neat to do, kind of cut out um, the Firecrest logo, you know, that's on there, the Maltese cross. Yes. And so we have 343 of those uh, cut out in steel on there. And then inside of that, there's a plexiglass plate on the backside with the firemen of each of the firemen that lost their lives at uh, 9-11. It's all 343 are represented in the sculpture. And then on top of that, um, there's two kind of firemen that are up on top of that. One represents uh, the city of Rowlett, and that fireman is kind of geared up, ready to go, and kind of in charge of, hey, I'm, I'm ready to serve. I'm, you know, one of the things just in, you know, with my adventures with my son Marshall uh, of going to fire stations all over the country, you see the same characteristics mm. and that these are, are brave men and women that are willing to put themselves out in front of others and willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of others. And, I, you know, we've always just loved that quality of this self-sacrifice uh, sacrifice and, and service that firemen all over the country have had. We're always welcomed in firehouses. They always treat him kindly and with respect, uh, even though he has special needs. They're, they're just some of the most humble and just wonderful people, you know. And so, you know, you kind of this realization that they're there and they're ready to go and they're ready to serve. They're ready to put themselves out there on the front lines and really put themselves out there in harm's way many times. Uh, you know, and that's something that, you know, really resonated with me. So I wanted to have a fireman that represented this idea that I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm still, even after 9-11, I'm, st- I'm still ready to go step out there. Mm. I'm still ready to step in that building. And so that's very meaningful and poignant that, you know, to realize that there are a group of individuals a massive group across this nation of men and women that really are willing to do that on a daily basis and step up. And then the other fireman that's up there is, um, actually I wanted to use my son Marshall as the model for it, 
but um, because of his special needs, he couldn't. He had a hard time going through the casting process and wasn't able to do it. And so my son Max was there, who's a who's a pilot, <laughs> ironically. Wow. And so yeah, so he he uh, just got hired by Southwest Airlines. A little plug for them, Congrats, I guess. Congrats! Yay! <laughs> yeah. So um, so we used him as the model uh, for that. And so um, as we're doing it, and uh, you know, you have to kind of have their eyes have to be closed, and then. You have to remodel it once they, you know, you do it if you want their eyes opened. And as I was looking at at that, I was like, man, it really looks like he's in in this kind of meditation and kind of prayerful kind of a pose. Mm. And I really love that because I thought, you know, I, I we also need to be praying for these people. We need to be uplifting these people. We need to be encouraging these people that serve us on a daily basis. And we forget that sometimes. We just yeah. kind of take it for granted. And it's like, well, no, they're putting themselves on a the line every day for us. And so the other one, um, my son Max, the one of his, of his, represents New York, and on the back of his jacket says New York, um, and he's holding his helmet, and he's kind of looking up in kind of this more of a prayerful kind of a posture, and it's this idea of like, hey, keep these people in your in your well thoughts and your well wishes and your prayers, and and keep them, you know, where you're thinking about them because they're serving you, and this mm. is how we can serve them, and this is the way that we can do that. So I wanted to represent both of those with the firemen that are on top of there. Of one of this, I'm serving you, and the other one is we want to serve you as well uh, wow. as a community. And so I wanted that specifically to be positioned at the station, hopefully, that as the fire trucks come in, as they come in after a call, that's what they see. They see that one that's in prostrate of prayer, prayer, kind of like, hey, we're, we've got a community of people that care about you, are thankful for you, and are praying for you and your safety as you mm. serve us that way. So the materials used in a sculpture can carry significant symbolic meaning. Could you tell us about the materials you chose for the memorial sculpture and why you selected them? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, there's a concrete base there, and it is kind of this foundational kind of base that, that's part of it. And on the side of it is a stone facade, and that stone facade um, says, we will never forget 9-11-01. And I purposely put it, it's on the five different sides, so you can't really read the phrase at one time. Mm. So I wanted to kind of force the viewers, in essence, to say, come up and engage with it. Like, hey, what's the rest of this say? And and walk around it. But in the experience of walking around it, you also then see the fire crests that are like, oh, now there's something inside of there. What is that? Oh, it's a name. Oh, what's that name? Oh, okay, that's the fireman. Uh, and so it kind of, you know, sometimes you can look at monumental sculptures from a distance and just kind of appreciate it. And I wanted to be able to pull people into it that way. So that was important. And so we have um, cut stone from Austin. Uh, that we did with the letters on there uh, where the letters are etched into the side, engraved into the side. And then the two towers are stainless steel towers up there and obviously representing the steel, uh, you know, of the twin towers that were there. Um, And like I said before, the the cutout crest uh, that could be in there, the the Maltese crosses that could be inside uh, of that um, deal uh, of the towers. Uh, One of the symbolic things of that as well is that we have lights inside the towers and so at night, those will be illuminated. And I wanted oh, a wow. kind of a light blue light inside of there to kind of represent the idea of the souls that have been given, that have been sacrificed, mm. and the remembrance of that, that, you know, hopefully as people drive by that, especially at night, and they see that illuminated, and they see that, you know, the pattern of those emblems there, they realize people served us, people served one another. Uh, and again, going back to that kind of service uh, quality there. So the materials do, do play a big part of that. You know, having that that affordability of being able to do that. Then obviously the bronze sculptures and bronze is just a tried and true medium for sculpture of this longevity of mm. most sculptures are made out of bronze, of being able to last and endure and endure kind of the pains and the hardships and the things, you know, of nature, the storms that will come and hit this sculpture uh, from time to time. 
that it really needs that material kind of needs to kind of resonate with that. And so right. uh, that's actually one of the things I just uh, have been talking with the foundry about as they finish up is to put on a patina there that I wanted to look a little bit worn. I didn't want it to look like it's a brand new mm. sculpture there that I want to look like it's just a little bit weathered, like it's been out there for a while. Because I, I want I love that kind of look where it's, you know, you look at something that's been there and it's been time kind of honored and weathered and had to endure storms. And so I wanted that kind of that sense, hopefully from the beginning with the sculptures themselves up top of just like there's a weathering that's taken place. Um, I, I left a lot of texture on the jackets and, and things of that nature in order to give this really kind of a, a harshness to it mm. um, very purposely because of understanding what this memorializes, that there is a harshness to it, but yet there's a beauty in the materials and there's a beauty in the surviving, the aging, the storms that kind of come through life that way. So what kind of experience do you hope visitors will have when they encounter it? Um, I hope that they, when they see it, they um, will reflect, you know, ref again, reflect on how do we serve one another? What is my, you know, hopefully maybe even asked that question, how do I serve? Yeah. And at what point do I serve? And, and what does that look like? And it's not necessarily everybody has to go sign up to be a fireman. But there's other ways in your own community and, and just with neighborhoods and other areas. How do I how do I serve one another? How do I how do am I that type of person that's willing to run into a, a burning building for someone else and knowing I, I, there's a good chance I may not come back out of that? Um, you know that's a tall order and that that's a that's a lot of character in those people that are willing to do that uh, and you know that idea that you're willing to put someone else's life before your own life. Mm. it's it's a it's a big thing it's a big calling it's, it's an honor uh, to do that and I, I for me having a special needs family my wife and I that's what we do we we serve our children uh, because they're adults now but they still live with us and they will live with us and there is this kind of an idea of a calling of, of continually serving one another uh, that, that's within that kind of a context and, and so I hope when people look at it this sculpture in particular that they can look and see especially this idea of the fireman that's ready to go and serve and the other one that's I can also serve through prayer sometimes and I can also serve just by you know well wishes or, mm. or something of that nature of just understanding that you know we're all, we're all here enduring right. and how do we endure together and how do we encourage one another in that process and not tear apart or rip apart you know this just happens to be a memorial about a very big event and a big thing so obviously it generates a lot of emotion about that but you know there's many ways just to be that small quiet voice that's still needed yeah you know? yeah so i mean my, my only final things would just to say thank you for this i mean there's just been so many people i wish I could list them all but i know you probably don't want me to but there's just some in so many other people that have helped and encouraged and been part of this process it's not a one-man right. job i know i'm going to get a lot of the credit as the artist um, my, my concept, but I just, I had to rely on just a, a number of other craftsmen and other people to come alongside me uh, for that. And just even within the city, people kind of navigating and helping, you know, get things pushed through. And so, um, you know, just to thank you that it's, it, it's, it's teamwork. This isn't an individual mm. thing. This is teamwork that, that, that got this together and, and really appreciative of all the people that have helped and, and poured into it. And, and especially my family and my mm. wife and, and uh, kids that have kind of endured, you know, the craziness of it at yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate all of them and what they've done to help this process as well. 
To truly grasp the essence of this work of art, you have to witness it in person. It's a visual testament to the indomitable spirit of those who answer the call, no matter the danger, and to the unity that binds us all as Americans. On Saturday, September 9th at 10.30 a.m., we'll be unveiling this beautiful piece of art at Fire Station 2, located at 8602 Shrady Road. The City of Rowlett Arts and Humanities Commission invites you to bear witness to this momentous occasion. If you can't make it in person, we'll be sharing footage from the event on our social media channels on September 11th. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the My Rella podcast. We invite you to stay connected by subscribing to our show on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever a topic or guest you would like to have on the show, feel free to email us at podcast at rowlett.com. And I want to express one last thank you to our first responders who serve our community so well 24-7.